Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. So I wanted to go through a quick thought experiment based on how the U.S. economy is set up. Most of you know that 70% of the economy is consumer spending. There's a lot more to it than that. In fact, I would argue that the United States economy and a lot of the Western world is set up very similar to a Ponzi scheme. And to take it one step further, it's a Ponzi scheme that very closely resembles FTX. You guys remember Sam Bankman-Fried, I'm sure. So I want to go over to a quick clip from a YouTuber named James Janney, who's an absolute genius, uh, an incredible, incredible uh, YouTuber, to say the least. You should definitely subscribe to his channel. But we're going to look at a clip of what happened based on this documentary that he did with FTX and their token FTT. And then I want to compare that to the United States economy. And I want to go over to CNBC and we're going to connect some dots here. I think you're going to find this very interesting. So let's go right over to this clip, about a one or two minute clip here. And again, this is from James Janney, last name J-A-N-I. He does fantastic videos, probably some of the best on YouTube. I would highly recommend his channel. But let's check out this most recent documentary that he did on FTX and more specifically, this FTT token. 2019, FTX launches their token coin called FTT with a total supply of 350 million, most of which was owned by Alameda and FTX. The launch was a success. I mean, by August, the price of FTT rose to $1.81, which made FTX and Alameda's supply of FTT tokens worth millions of dollars, just like that. Magical internet money. Right? But that's not the real stroke of genius here. You see, the truth is, since they were the majority holders of the token, they could never really sell all of it. I mean, the price of the tokens would completely crash if they tried to do that. No. But what they could do was point to their FTT tokens that are valued in the millions of dollars and use it as collateral to take out loans or to simply say, oh, look how much we have in assets even though part of that is really just FTT tokens whose value is mostly tied to speculation. It's almost insane to think about. There you go. But, you know, James is a, a, a storyteller. He's a, a videography, he's an editor. He doesn't understand macroeconomics. And I would argue he's a, like a, a, a journalist. But if he understood economics uh, or macro, to the degree that a lot of you do, I think he would have connected those dots because a lot of you watching this right now, I'm hoping that sounded very similar to something else that really drives pretty much the entire US economy. That'd be the housing market. So remember what he was saying, that FTX created these tokens, the FTT tokens, and they held the majority of those, so they weren't for sale. And what happened is they just threw out a couple, no more than a couple, but a few of these tokens. So the float was very low. So at any given time, the amount of FTT tokens available for purchase was a, a very small percentage relative to the overall number of FTT tokens that existed. So let's think about this. The housing market has 140 million units. 140 million homes approximately, okay? 
But how many of those are for sale right now? About 650,000. An extremely, extremely low number. Historically, that's around 1.2, 1.5 million, to give you some context. So what happens is if any of those people that are holding the FTT tokens, i.e. homes, go to sell, then that is going to disproportionately impact the supply-demand dynamics. And you can't have that many people sell or else the price plummets, just like those FTT tokens, because there's such a low float that represents the overall paper value for the other 140 million. See how the game works? And then what happens is with those 140 million homes, just like the FTT, FTT tokens, they don't have to sell them. People can borrow against all of this paper equity that's like fugazis. It doesn't really exist because if more people sold, if, even if we had historic norms as far as the amount of homes that were for sale, let's assume that it went from 650 up to 1.2 million. Well, we know that based on current demand, which is incredibly low because home prices and interest rates are so high. You say, George, well, if demand is that low, then how have prices gone up? Well, because like we talked about in the last video, that demand has gone down, but supply has gone down even further. So if supply just creeps back up, it's just like issuing a few more of those FTT tokens. And that's something that FTX couldn't do because they knew they would completely collapse the price. And by FTX taking all of those tokens and borrowing against them, it's what allowed FTX to stay afloat, or Alameda Research, their trading wing, it's what allowed them to stay afloat and kick that can further and further and further down the road until they can't kick it down the road any further and they meet their inevitable demise. Exact same thing that's happening with the real estate market. We have all this purchasing power that's being extracted by borrowing against this equity that's just equity, that's just purchasing power on paper. And it's just because there's such a low float of homes that are currently for sale. But if anything interrupts that dynamic, that's when the game of musical chairs stops. Again, just like what we saw with FTX and FTT, but on a much, much, much larger scale, obviously, we're talking about the entire U.S. economy. If you would come to the conclusion, which I think is safe, that if the real estate market goes down, so does the U.S. economy. If it goes down significantly, the economy is really, really going to struggle, especially considering all the other metrics. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com 
forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So then the next question becomes, okay, George, I get it. Then how, how would this play out? What, what would interrupt that pattern? What would be the shoot and drop that would in order more people to sell those FTT tokens and therefore disrupt that equilibrium that we have right now between supply and very, 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 very low demand? I would argue almost historically low demand. Well, that would be credit, right? It goes back to what SPF was doing. The moment he couldn't borrow or borrow as much against those FTT tokens, the gig was up, right? So the moment that U.S. consumers can no longer borrow at the level they were currently borrowing, exact same thing. So now let's go over, let's go over to CNBC. And here's an article that Josh sent me this morning. Fears over access to credit hit highest level in more than a decade. This is from yesterday, according to the New York Fed. Key talking points, respondents indicated the ability to get credit is harder now than it was a year ago. Or excuse me, the ability to get credit is harder now than it was a year ago to nearly 60%, I guess the people that responded to this survey. The survey showed that the mean expectation of losing one's job in the next two years rose by two percentage points, the highest level since April, 2021. And a lot of people say, oh, George, well, if we go into a recession, then this is great news because then the Fed's gonna drop rates. Right, but again, what you're assuming there is that money is loose. And just because money's cheap, it doesn't mean that it's loose. It doesn't mean that you can get credit. Let's remember what happens to people's credit worthiness if the unemployment rate goes from 3.8 up to seven or eight or heaven forbid we have something like the GFC. It wasn't that, well, it was that banks were willing to lend, it's just there were no credit-worthy borrowers because everyone's credit score completely blew up. And you say, yeah, George, but right now credit scores are incredible. We've never seen credit scores as good. Yeah, right. Why do you think that is? Because no one's had to pay their mortgage <laughs> for the last three years or they got a break because people had excess savings, because people didn't have to pay their student loans. That's Hello? Of course their credit scores are going to look great. Of course they can pay all, all their bills. But all of that is coming to an end very, very soon. So even if we do have low interest rates, the point being, it's, it's not like credit is going to boom higher. It's just like in the GFC. We had QE, we had rates at 0%. But what did credit do? Bank credit. It just went down, 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 down. And keep in mind, if we don't have that bank credit going up, 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 it equals FTX. So respondents indicating that the ability to get loans, credit cards, and mortgages is harder now than it was a year ago, rose to nearly 60%, like we said earlier. Fears of credit access have been rising steadily since early 2022. Since March of last year, the Fed has hiked its Borrowing 11 times, borrowing rate, well, overnight rate, 11 times to 5.25%. Expectations for inflation one five years out rose just 0.1% on the month, taking respectively to uh, 3.6 and 3%. The three-year outlook nudged down 0.1%. Fed's, uh, the Fed's target inflation is still at 2%. But again, the, the main takeaway here is worries, and I'm going back to the article, worries also are rising about employment 
The survey showed that the mean expectation of losing one's job in the next year rose by 2%. And that comes with unemployment rate at 3.8%. Unemployment rate going up. And let's remember that the labor force participation is going up as well. Why? Because people's purchasing power is dwindling. And they realize that, hey, I can't hang out on the couch anymore. Hey, I can't hang out and travel all over the world and post these pictures to Instagram. I got to get a J-O-B because I'm tapped out. And I'm tapped out of my credit card. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get the same amount of credit that I had before. But once we zoom out and look at the macro environment here, if we see these credit standards tightening, if we see credit contract, then it's the exact same thing as telling SBF that, hey, you know what? You can no longer borrow against those FTT tokens. Once you can no longer borrow, it's game over. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. And if you want more of the most important recent news stories, Josh has got them in a playlist right there. You can check it out and I'll see you on the next video.